I like to start my new year totally low-key, no pressure at all. So I thought I would be the first person to speak from the pulpit after Michael left. It's working out great so far. I also love that we keep trotting out my national champion speaking experience, because that does not add to the pressure in any way, shape, or form. None whatsoever. Um, I'm so happy to be here and to talk to you all, especially after Michael's departure, because I do think it's a tremendous opportunity for us to talk about some important things. So I'm actually going to start talking about football, um, because maybe you're all ready to switch from the baseball that Michael used to talk about. <laughs> and I say that actually as a, a Cubs fan who always appreciated Michael's Cubs references. I liked them a lot. But I am going to switch to football, and I'm going to invoke the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm, of course, referring to one Peyton Williams Manning, um, because I like to invoke him whenever possible, um, and because he has actually a pretty great story. So if you are unfamiliar with Peyton, he was drafted number one by the Indianapolis Colts in 1998, and he went on to have a storied, long, and successful career with the Colts, setting many, many records and leading the Colts to a Super Bowl win against the Chicago Bears in 2007. But in 2010 and 2011, he was plagued by a neck injury, and he underwent several surgeries and missed an entire season of football. His future football career was uncertain, and in 2012, the Colts were faced with the decision of letting go of the beloved Peyton Manning, the face of the franchise, or retaining an aging football player with known injuries who may never play or play the same again. So the logical choice was to let him go. But it was not without many tears, most of them shed by me, so the great Peyton Manning, who many consider to be one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play, was faced with the reality that the only team that he had ever known didn't believe in him. And he was cut from the team amid the uncertainty of his future and the growing fear that he may never play again. But he was cautiously optimistic, and he was full of determination, so he began the process of starting over. Now, of course, if you know Peyton Manning, you know he's nothing if not incredibly tenacious. So he chose to work harder and dig deeper than he ever had to reinvent himself. He trained tirelessly, and he worked his way back, clawed his way back, and reemerged with a new team. With the Denver Broncos, he would go on to smash previously set records for single-season touchdowns, passing yards, and points scored, and he led the Broncos to two Super Bowls, capping his career with a Super Bowl win over the Carolina Panthers. And it was a glorious day. Glorious. And I promise you guys, I'm not just going to talk about football. I'm actually going to stop now. But this is a story about someone who, in the face of incredibly tumultuous change was given an opportunity to completely renew himself. 
And right now, we have all been given that opportunity, too. We have ushered in a new year. We have said goodbye to our beloved minister. And we find ourselves at a crossroads. We can choose to embrace the transformation, or we can find ourselves completely stuck and unable to move forward and feeling pretty glum about the future. But I know this community, and we are not the types to get stuck. Right? Right. We are a pretty determined lot, I feel. So this morning, I'd like to talk a little bit about change and how scary it can be and the tremendous opportunities that come with a fresh start and some things that I would like us to keep in mind as we move forward. And the first thing I think we should do is just acknowledge that change is super scary. It is. There's an old cartoon with side-by-side -side shots of a group of people, and when asked, how many of you want change, they all excitedly raise their hands. You might have seen this. And then in the second panel, when they're asked, how many of you want to change, they all lower their hands. Nobody raises their hands. And in the third panel, when they're asked, who wants to lead the change, suddenly the room is completely empty. Everyone has completely gone. They've left. So what this illustrates is that most of us understand and value the importance of change, right? We know how important and transformative it can be. But when we're actually asked to do the changing, we resist. Why do we do that? Well, change is terrifying. There's a familiarity and a comfort that comes with stability. And culturally, we're predisposed to avoid it. Think about how many euphemisms for avoiding change we actually have. Don't upset the apple cart. Don't rock the boat. Just let sleeping dogs lie. Don't make waves. Don't raise a stink. Don't stir things up. So we all say that we want the change, but when we're asked to push outside our comfort zones, we shy away from anything that feels new or uncomfortable or risky. And it's understandable. You are probably familiar with Harvard business professor and change expert John Cotter and his theory of change. And he gave us many, many reasons why people are afraid of changing. Fear of the unknown. Fear of failure, fear of losing control, fear of losing our security and our stability. It can all feel very overwhelming and very, very frightening. Peyton Manning literally had a spinal fusion surgery. He literally had to relearn how to grip and throw a ball all over again. And there was a period of several months where he couldn't even throw a ball five yards. I don't even think you need to know football to know that that's not very long, especially for a quarterback. And he also lived with the threat that one tackle could paralyze him for the rest of his life. Now that is fear. So thankfully, we may not be in quite as dire of straits, but we may still find ourselves confronting some uncomfortable realities. So how do we learn to let go of fear's grip and take advantage of the fresh start? 
In your order of service, you should have received an insert. If you can get it out now. Is it blank? Just kidding, it's supposed to be. <laughs> Take out your blank sheet of paper and let's all look at it right now. What do you see? Okay, what else do you see? Okay, good. Well, I'll tell you what I see. And I see something remarkably beautiful. A clean slate. A pristine blank canvas. There's something really beautiful about that. And this canvas is completely untouched. And there is so much possibility that lies in a blank piece of paper. Right? There are so, so many twists and turns and wonderful, remarkable scribbles just waiting to be drawn on and filled in. How exciting to have this opportunity for a completely fresh start. And sometimes it's, it's really as easy as that. Changing your perspective from fear into one of excitement and hope. I'm going to share a personal story with you, not about Peyton Manning. Last year I got out of a pretty miserable marriage. Um, I stayed in it for longer than I probably should have because you probably guessed it, I was scared of change <laughs> and scared of the changes that getting a divorce may bring. I was scared to start over. I was scared of what other people might think of me and us. Scared of upsetting the apple cart and completely terrified of the long-term re repercussions for my little boys. So it took a lot of soul-searching and a lot of courage to make that leap. But when I did, I realized what a tremendous opportunity I had right in front of me. I'd just been handed a blank piece of paper a beautiful, pristine, blank piece of paper, and now the ability to write my story for myself. What a gift. The chance to take inventory of my life, set new goals, decide where I was and where I wanted to be, and the knowledge that I actually had the courage and the determination to make anything happen. It was exhilarating. It still is. And lest I gloss over it too much, there were and are still hard times. The transition hasn't always been easy. Uh, I had forgotten how dating can be so fun and so simultaneously maddening. <laughs> and of course, I still worry very much about my boys. But I'm told that that never goes away. <laughs> but ultimately, the decision to divorce provided me with an opportunity to re-examine my life and my goals, and my future, and it has been an incredibly fulfilling and hopeful experience. So here we are, presented with two wonderful opportunities for growth and renewal. It's a new year. It's a time when we reflect on the past year, and we think about what lies ahead, and the goals that we want to accomplish, and some of us choose to make resolutions, and some of us have already broken those resolutions. 
but it is our nature to think of a new year as a time of rebirth and of renewal. And how we choose to seize that opportunity is critically important. Dr. Chris Mathay said, what, after all, is the difference between rebirth and catastrophe, or opportunity and disaster? First and foremost, it is the acceptance of what is. And second, it is a willingness to grow and to change and to ask, what is the gift? May we look at this new chapter of, for our church and this new year as a gift, a wonderful opportunity for us to take stock of what really matters to us, to decide what we represent, what we stand for, and what we work tirelessly for, both in our own lives and as a congregation of people committed to our universal principles, many of which we've already heard today. And as we do that, I want to say a few words about the enormity of such a rebirth and a renewal, and especially about the power of fear to hold us back. Author Jen Sincero wrote a wonderful book, whose title I cannot say in church, but I'd be happy to recommend it to you later. <laughs> Some of you may have read it and know what it is. And she argues that we have made being in fear a habit, that it's become just part of our social conditioning. Imagine, for example, what your response would be if someone you greatly cared for came up to you full of excitement and said, I decided I'm going to take out a gigantic loan and build my dream business. Or, uh, I'm going to travel around the world for a year by myself. Yeah, right? Or, uh, I'm quitting my secure full-time job because I want to become an actor. Or, I'm going to go skydiving, whatever. Typically, when we watch someone else take a leap of faith, our gut instinct is to scream, Look out! We've made a habit of smearing our fear and our worry and our doubt all over each other. But we pat ourselves on the back because we do believe that it shows how much we care. That fear will always be there, poised and ready to wreak havoc. But we can choose whether we're going to engage the fear or whether we're going to drown it out and push right past it. The key to overcoming that fear is to learn to be comfortable in it. Embrace the ambiguity. Be daring. Take risks. Life is so much more exhilarating when we live it instead of being scared of it. Helen Keller said, life is either a daring adventure or nothing. To keep our faces toward change and behave like free spirits in the presence of fate is strength undefeatable. So as we embark on yet another new year and we begin to write the next chapter of this 175-year-old UU Church of Peoria, let us remember to embrace the change. Let us remember that on the other side of our fear is our freedom. 
Let us remember the words of our beloved minister, Michael Brown, who just last week reminded us that one of the universal meanings of life is to practice the spiritual discipline of fun and to experience the rapture of being alive. I love that. The rapture of being alive. Let us remember to be bold, to take risks, to have faith, to live in the moment, to strike out and never stop growing. True renewal demands our very best efforts, our most courageous actions, and our unwavering faith in our values and in each other. Ours is a powerful, loving, capable, and yes, courageous community. I hope that each of you individually moves forward and fills your blank page with exciting and meaningful adventures. And I hope collectively we will renew our faith in this church, in this community, and our innate ability to choose a leader as amazing as the one we said goodbye to last Sunday. I know that Michael was the only minister I've ever known as a member of this church, but I feel pretty confident that he is the Peyton Manning of ministers. I am just as confident that like the Colts went on to draft Andrew Luck, who was dominant yesterday, thank you very much, that we will find our next court minister, and they will be dominant as well. Together, I believe that we can lead the change boldly, embrace the hope of new opportunity, and cast fear to the side as we embark on our own renewal. Thank you.